Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Take it from a newly reformed Thanos, asset management is vital, and insurance at that. That's why this week's sponsor on Everything is Super is our friends over at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. The world outside your window may not be great, but here... Post show recaps. What if everything is super? We're talking all things Marvel Cinematic Universe. This time we are taking to the stars and talking with a couple of stars in their own right about what if T'Challa was a became a Star Lord, I should say. My name is Mike Bloom here, once again, filling in for Josh Wegler, who I think has now wandered into the bubble of Wakanda somewhere shielded himself for a nice staycation but we're here talking about episode two of what if with a a whole crew of ragtag ravagers to uh hopefully take down this episode and take away a lot from it much like we took a lot away from the collector in this episode of course let me welcome in the guy who now understands more than anybody that you can defeat thanos with an argument the great kevin mahadeo kevin how are you why did you choose the one part of the episode that was at first just kind of like Come on. But other than that, I mean, also, <laughs> correction, Mike, he is not a Star-Lord. He is the Star-Lord. It's not yeah, like listen, there's listen, multiple Star-Lord I'm, Star follow- I'm, I'm following the episode title. It was a weird <laughs> title. Yeah, a Star-Lord. I'm not sure. Because the noun is proper, uh, you'd assume, and especially considering the way that Jaiman Hansu's character refers to him in the first scene. He is the Star-Lord, yeah, as it yeah. were. Uh, and you that, yeah, you might be hearing from the Cosmos is someone that we picked up on our spaceship here on Post Show Recaps. So someone who is absolutely familiar to those that have been listening to everything is super. We have gotten the trio the gangs come back together uh, since our times and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier earlier this year. Latanya Starks, welcome back to Everything is Super. How's it going? Hello! It's so good to be back. Oh, just, do you remember the saccharine days of Discussing racial politics. <laughs> Those salad days. <laughs> Halcyon days. Now we just now we just get to like watch these like 
great little gifts of of cartoonage, which are wonderful. I'm I'm honestly a little bit humbled that I get a chance to be here and talk about this episode with the two of you. First of all, because it's the two of you, and it's on Mike's birthday. Yeah, that's right. Um, Happy yeah. birthday, Mr. Bloom. <laughs> Happy birthday. Oh, thank Bloom. you very much. I've uh, received, yeah, this is the best gift that you could get me is to talk about this what if episode and for you all to listen. This, Whether you realize it was my birthday or not, the best gifts you give me are the unintentional ones. So thank you all oh, wow. out there. You, you must be really easy to shop for as a husband. <laughs> Great. Quite literally, very much so. That uh, well, LG, just, we, that's all you got to give me. <laughs> Those are my two. Listen, if I had to eat a snake for every time someone said th- no. something about a snake today, I would have a belly full of snake and then some. Yeah. I'd be oozing snakes out of me. Not again. Not again. Yeah, no, it's it's honored. It's an honor to be here to talk about this piece of television just because it is one of the, if not the last uh, piece of acting that uh, Chadwick Boseman did before he passed away. And I would like to remember him you know, this way, um, as opposed to like the, just, I have nothing but scathing things to say about how the Oscars went down. Mm. Uh, we're hoping for that to be like a moment of triumph in his like career that continues, uh, posthumously, but I'm happy that this gets to be out there for people to, to see. It really is a treat. What if this episode started and they pull up on the guy in the mask getting the, the orb out and it's Anthony Hopkins under the mask. Would you be <laughs> mad about that? <laughs> If I had been promised Chadwick Boseman, which I was the entirety of Oscar season, then yeah, I'd be pretty annoyed by it. Um, they didn't even let that man make his speech. He he stayed awake over there in Wales. Anyway, <laughs> I know way too much about this. But the point is, yes, I'd be very disappointed. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, we could have an entirely different episode, Kevin, though, of what if Hannibal was a Star-Lord? That would certainly be an interesting one. He'd, I think he'd do Space all, cuisine. Do how many, a very different how way. many aliens can you eat? <laughs> Just all these oh different God. types. He would have so much fun if he were in space. Mon Calamari, first stop, right? Just... <laughs> <laughs> Well, LT, uh, we we did not uh, get your opinion last week. I know that What If is an episode that, again, is not very serialized, so it's tough to really uh, grasp a through line between. But two episodes deep, have you garnered any sort of opinions about the series overall based on what we've seen? I love Jeffrey Wright's voice, and I think that he should narrate my life. (laughs) Um, Jeffrey Wright, if you're listening, you're not. Um, You could be. You don't know. It's possible. (laughs) Jeffrey Wright, bring yourself back online. Listen to this podcast. Seriously. Bring yourself back online. Listen to this podcast and then become just my personal, like, Latanya Starks is walking. Where is she going to go? Like narrator. (laughs) Um, so I love that. I love that he's the watcher. I really do. And I love the, in the introductions because they're very Twilight Zone to me, Mm. which is probably my favorite all time television show. Um, the the original one, sorry to Jordan Peele. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm really liking that through line. And I, I honestly, I'm not sure, but it seems like we are getting some Easter eggs that may be through lines. Like there's a lot of emphasis on Cap Shield. Um, and I know that in like the larger MCU, there's some thought about Cap Shield and how it was different looking, the one that he brought back to Sam. Uh, to give him to become Captain America. Um, and we keep seeing it turn up in different places. But I, I 
was probably too distracted by Howard the Duck to <laughs> get like did not expect Howard the Duck and to him have that much presence in this episode and it was worth it. It was yeah, it was great. amazing. This Every part like, wait a minute, I don't have to like roll out of bed doing robot chicken voices to like give a line. I actually had to do some dialogue here in this movie or in the show. Yeah. Is wait, who played uh, Seth Howard Green. The Duck? Seth Green. He played him in the in the movie as well in, nice. in the uh, in the in the, post the original movie though. Have you all seen oh. like the original? Oh like, yeah, this is no George those, Lucas directed, right? Those bare duck boobs uh, are burned great. into my head for a billion years. <laughs> <laughs> my they show that movie at my um like elementary school <laughs> one night for like a family it's not a, it's not a kid's movie and, and, and it was it was a wonderful lutheran education <laughs> um and my aunt was the one tasked with taking me because everyone else heard the task and they were like no <laughs> and so she for like the rest of her life honestly was like you still owe me from when you made me go see howard the duck <laughs> so um i i just loved seeing him I don't really know what the. Have you all seen any through lines? No, uh, I I don't really see a through line really yet, and I still think there's potential to be one. I mean, we talked about at the end, you know, a pull out of either Doctor Strange or Kang being there, right? And like that transition mm-hmm. of like this was what was going on, who he was talking to, uh, a high, you know, that's still a possibility. But honestly, this show not having a through line is fine with me because like it's delivering exactly what I wanted, and like I know people were like kind of lukewarm on the first episode and we were like i think they'll get crazier as they go maybe this episode (laughs) like i i like if you have complaints like real complaints i don't know what to tell you man this episode was awesome from start to finish there's just so much cool things that they did and really seeing the extent of how you can play with some of the what if stuff like obviously you know like uh how the shift changes just because of Chala's personality and where he came from how it shifts what star lord is how it shifts like how the universe reacts to them basically turning the universe into a semi like robin hood-esque communist socialist utopia which hell yeah i'm here for um so like a lot of that was like really fascinating and really interesting and i really loved how the the, the character beats are different how people end up at different places how the yondu stuff is still similar but again very different uh people talked about like the beats of the the first one were too similar None of the beats here were similar. Everything nope. was different. It's a yeah. whole different world, you know, and uh, I loved it. I loved every moment of this. And like with all what if the ending leaves you with just like, God, like, look at the potential. Look how much more you could have here. It's, it's so cool. I had so much fun with this. Now, I know I said that last <laughs> week, but now I put like gravity in my voice. I had so much fun with this episode because I think, you know, we talked about this last week, Kevin, right? That. We enjoyed it, but the meatiest chunk was something we didn't see, which was how much does the world change in the years after Captain Carter, right? Like what happens to Howard Stark? What happens to Tony Stark? What happens with, you know, what happens with Bucky after that? That went all unsaid. And as we talked about last week, will probably be brought up in a future installment of what if this episode was entirely that. Yep. And that is the onus of the show. Like, to your point and to a lot of people's points last week, I think that's what we came for. And we went from grounded quite literally into space. This was absolutely bananas, completely wackadoo. From that perspective, I love that it was a Guardians-themed episode. I know that there were some Mm -hmm. Black Panther elements being brought in, but it was, like, majority Guardians-based, right? We're mimicking the opening scene from Guardians of the Galaxy, where we're bringing in a lot of familiar characters and beats from it. 
So, I mean, from that perspective, it's safe to say that between these two episodes, it was perfectly balanced, as all things should be, uh, for, for lack of a better term. I, I want to talk about, you know, the, the name that was invoked before, because the big thing coming into this was obviously this was not realized when they were recording, but this was Chadwick Boseman's final performance uh, as T'Challa. I know there has been, I think, some scuttlebutt about how to bring him in in voice form in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. We don't know if that's going to happen exactly. So let's consider this the punctuation point. And let me throw out there, and, and you know, you can both feel free to agree or disagree, but I think this is the ultimate, in every sense of the word, portrayal of the character. Uh, I think this is the perfect embodiment of not only the MCU's interpretation of T'Challa, but also kind of Chadwick Boseman, considering everything we found out about him posthumously, of everything he was doing, and the capital G, capital G, good guy he was. Mm -hmm. I think this was really... Uh, oddly enough, poignantly, a great way to pay tribute to him by him just really bringing so much ebullience and so much positivity and lightness uh, and really showcasing all the greatness that character was. Yeah, I, I, just for sure, he went from, you know, the character that we know as T'Challa, who was raised in um, a society wherein isolationism was, you know, the way of survival so that they're, or at least like the way that they wanted to live life so that their vibranium wasn't discovered. Um, and, you know, all of a sudden this little kid wanders out of his protective shield and he gets kidnapped um, and then we get to see him grow into a completely different man than the one that we knew on screen. And it felt like every line that, um, that Chadwick spoke was just like dripping with a, a measure of confidence, but also peace. Um, he very much seemed to be behind the idea of robbing from the rich and giving to the poor, like uh, using all of his skills that he had um, as an actor in order to uh, give us performances that are going to last like our lifetimes and beyond. And this is just an excellent cap on that to see him play this type of character who has so much heart and it, and it shows that it doesn't matter where he grew up. Like it doesn't matter who his parent is. He's always going to be the type of character who, or was always going to be the type of character who, tried to help as many people as possible. At least that's what he got around to in the movie. So it was just really kind of a breathtaking experience to watch the episode. Yeah. There's so much about this portrayal that I found so fascinating, so interesting. And I really loved because at its heart, there's elements of the character that we know in the Marvel cinematic universe as black Panther, but there's enough differences that I think it worked really well to show those changes, to show those shifts. Because, like, the version that we saw in the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been in Wakanda all his life. He grew up in a very specific way. Had a lot of that mindset, that, that isolation mindset, instilled on him for a lot longer. This version of T'Challa got picked up before a lot of that. And whereas T'Challa we knew kind of had to be reminded of the idea of, like, we need to share our gifts with the world, essentially... This is someone who had that thought from, you know, when he was young and was able to do that in space and bring that mindset into space. Like being able to take resources from across and share culture and share information with each other, not just, you know, from us only to everyone else, but like the back and forth. And I think 
that's mm-hmm. incredible. And I like the idea that that is, is still an inherent part of that character, you know, um, that giving part that's not only, as, as mentioned, part of who Chadwick Boseman is, but also the character of T'Challa that we got to see. It was also really interesting to see a T'Challa that was a little more light, that didn't have as much weight that was put mm, on him yeah. for so long. So you kind of got yeah. this version of the character that was a little more fun, a little more um, not that Black Panther isn't fun, but you know what I mean. Like, there's a difference to him, mm-hmm. and you it's the same person, but different, which is what What If is all about, and I love that aspect. I love that we got to hear uh, T'Challa say dude at one point, and I was like, ah, yeah. yes! <laughs> like, it was just such a small thing, but I liked it because it just showed, like, these little differences of life and how it can change a lot of you, but not all of you. And I think that's what's cool, again, about what if and like, what we saw here. Um, and to my point, even from before, I think that's, that's the key to success on a lot of this. Because even the Thanos thing, which I'm going to say right now, when it first happened, I was very like kind of just like, ah, come on, really? But then afterwards, like by the time the episode is over, one, I just didn't care because like, he's so entertaining seeing Thanos in this in this spot <laughs> yeah and, seriously and also because like that's what Elseworlds and what ifs for to do crazy shit like this like if if you're gonna do it do something crazy and that's crazy and also at the end we still saw him talking you know it's, advocating yeah, for genocide like, it's just like no yeah, it's, it's random if it's random it's fine yeah as, no, it's, it's random as my fiance said it's episode- like he's pitching an app to them <laughs> That's what it sounded like at the end, <laughs> oh, which I thought was very yeah, funny and very. Apt. Like genocide, Thanos has gone to Silicon Valley. No, yeah, what it really this episode's writing, I think, just made me realize that whoever wrote this just like looked at all the Infinity War memes and decided to write an episode elamping it between between like hashtag Thanos was wrong and hashtag Star Lord is the worst. Were like the two big runners of this episode, <laughs> right? Because I think ultimately, like to answer the question of what if T'Challa was a star lord or the star lord the answer is like the universe is kind of better yeah, and just yeah like the a- universe is way better he's able to convert the mad titan to like come over to the side of good even if he's still pitching genocide like it's an app he's not actively doing yeah it. <laughs> and it's yeah, like so shifted it's- enough too right because like the universe is better but it's not like perfect and i don't think it should ever be perfect right because there's always going to have these shifts and changes that things can end up dark still because you have like the collector essentially filling in the Thanos spot almost, but you also have now at the end what they tease, right? There's ego is unchecked. Like what happens Mm. then? Like we have a person who's not going to be upset about, you know, his mom dying in the way that happened and everything who never went to the Mm. stars. Like, so Lord only knows what would have led to that happening. uh, Star Lord only knows. Yes. So like our Star Lord only knows. It's really cool to see that, like, and and that things can be better in different worlds, and things can be worse because that's like a truism to like I think the original What If and even Elseworlds for DC is that not everything is gonna be better, not everything is gonna be worse. So it's really cool to see variety, and I really enjoyed that. As you were saying, like when the Child of Star Lord, things are a lot better actually on the universal scale, which I think is really cool. Yeah, it just there was a really fun reversal right from the get go, right? You know, sucks that T'Challa didn't have his uh, rockin' tunes to go to. It did feel like though it was a a Guardians esque episode. It did feel weird to not have that soundtrack, though. Again, I guess that really came inherent to Peter Quill's bloodstream. But but just him to be greeted by you know uh, Jaiman Huntsu's character, who is just like 
such a doof in this episode, man. <laughs> He's just amazing. Like, Please beat me up. Like he, it'd be an honor to be beat up. By no, he like he lets go between that and like him getting beat up by Thanos later on. Like the guy goes full goofball over the course of like a ten minute period, <laughs> and this is like one of like you know the the big guys that came that was in the beginning part of Captain Marvel too, right? Like yeah. one of the Kree warriors. So it's it's wild to have this happen. But what I love about it is, you know, despite him sort of running away from becoming a king. He still ends up a lord in that regard, you know, as yeah. to Ch- oh, puts, I love that. Uh, this idea of like the blood of a king pumps through you with the heart of an explorer. And I love this idea that like he still imbues the values and the, the, the details of his persona, no matter what he does to the point where like he is regarded much higher and it's lampshaded later on of, hey, we're going to use this orb to actually, you know, help uh, jumpstart dying planets rather than what would we do? Would we be a-holes and just sell it off to the highest <laughs> bidder? Who the hell would do that? Yeah. It just shows the fundamental difference. Again, not to crap all over Peter Quill, because I think Peter Quill absolutely has its purpose, especially in a Guardians-like snarky everyone's a little bad setting. Yeah, uh, he serves a function. Exactly. But, you know? but I think it's nice to bring T'Challa in here to sort of like really counterbalance that, right? To be like, yeah, the Guardians universe is like kind of kind of gritty uh not like r-rated but more of a pg-13 rated star wars-esque universe what would happen Mm -hmm. if you brought someone in there who like had the ability to be diplomatic and wield power to granted to kevin's point not completely become a panacea but at least to make sure that for example drax does not have a wife and (laughs) and daughter mm -hmm. are alive yeah and And he's he's, a very bad ussy with um with him <laughs> yeah exactly so it, it was a really fun just a really fun experience overall i will say it's weird because i'm i've been liking the runtime so far but i i kind of wanted it to be a longer episode this should have been like an like an hour <laughs> and i wonder if part of that is, is, is to just be like i want more time with chadwick but part of me is also like while there is a lot of fun what ifs to be answered i do feel like there was some stuff that was explained off screen that i kind of would have liked to see a little bit uh I mean, you know, whether guess, it's like a time but, yeah i don't know i feel like that's that's the joy of this right like we're getting a peek into a world like we're watching a peek into a world i think if we got too much of it like you lose some of the mystery you lose some of like that storytelling potential that like, drives us to be like oh this is what i like about this stuff right like getting all the answers immediately in in, in like a one episode it's again it you know like I, I say this a lot about this movie, but it is very annoying. But it's like Solo, where it's just like, ah, yes, the one adventure that answers every goddamn question you ever had about Han Solo. Glad to know it all happened in the course of three days. Awesome. Cool. Great. So, like, I prefer this type of storytelling where it's not just here's everything you need to know, told, done. Let's let's carry on. I think some off-screen stuff is okay. We got the flashback of how he became, you know, um, under the guidance of... of uh, uh, Yondu, which I liked Yondu. as well because that to me, I like that they gave a plausible reason as to why that happened. Like, that's a hard one yeah. to pull off. As to why they kidnapped yeah. that child. It was hard. It, mean- going in, I was like, that's a hard one to pull <laughs> off, but they did. It made total sense in, in how they presented it, and I like that. And I like that we don't get to see him convince Thanos. I like that we don't get to see the collector necessarily come to power. I like that. We don't need an explanation as to why Nebula is blonde. It's fine. Like, I like all that stuff because it leaves well, mystery and, and, and intrigue to a world that we're getting a glimpse into. And I, I think that's really cool for me personally, obviously. Nebula has always been like, honestly, Nebula is that bitch. <laughs> like, she has been for a very long time. 
Karen Gillan does that character so well, and she just has a walk and mm-hmm. a presence to her. Well, you know, when she's not being torn apart by her father and yeah. like having things replaced, she has this walk. Like she has always been a femme fatale. We just haven't been able to see it until this episode. And I and Karen Gillan was obviously she was putting some extra emphasis on her like fake American accent this time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Damn it! I worked on with my vocal coach over the <laughs> pandemic, and I'm going to show yeah. it. It, it, exactly. it was interesting though, because you know, while Guardians of the Galaxy has that sort of rock and space opera, we did take a bit of a turn into the Ant Man territory, right? We, we did have the brief heist thing I, going on in the middle. Yeah, I was gonna say T'Challa gets to be in a heist yeah. movie. Are you kidding? A me? classic heist ah. movie. That like I, I I it's hard to like watch heist movies now without invoking this, but it is very like it was very like Rick and Morty like you son of a bitch you I'm son of a in. bitch I'm in it was a lot of that but like works for me it was I was so into it even though like obviously it's been lampshaded uh it was so fun to see that to see them with all the stuff in the collector space like I love that Cosmo gets free at the end always excited for a Cosmo appearance and like yeah the affirmation Howard the duck part and then flashing back to, like this is the plan all along like oh man like how fun <laughs> And again, you know, while Guardians does a little bit of pastiches sometimes about, you know, uh, pop culture products from the 70s and 80s, again, we don't get that much from T'Challa, but this very much feels like that, right? Like, Ocean's Eleven, Mm -hmm. I know, was not uh, inherent to that time period, but it felt, to to Kevin's part, like, very much out of pop culture uh, from that perspective. And we got to see, you know, some Ravagers come together. This is interesting, right? Because, like, this wasn't really Guardians, uh, yeah. There were some Guardians yeah. characters in it, but it was more so focused on Yondu, on Thanos. Uh, we got some Kraglin in there. We got some Shangun. And welcome back, Taser, Taser Face. Face. Welcome back to the fold. He's not so angry anymore. Welcome back, Taser Face. <laughs> Best band name ever. Welcome back, Taser exactly. Face. Or, or, or the worst sitcom <laughs> reboot ever. Or the yeah, best. Seriously. <laughs> Uh, and also, we got some. Uh, we got some, some of the. I keep saying Obsidian Order, but it's not the Obsidian the Order. Black I'm thinking Order. Of Star Trek. It's the Black. The Order. Black Order, uh, exactly. So we got those to come back. Obsidian to. Order would be cooler. Yeah, Carrie Coon was in this episode. Yeah, sort of serving as like the receptionist, right? Yeah. At the collectors well, thing, and like we're st- at the security no, desk. She was. Uh, she was playing her character that she played in Infinity yeah, War. She, she was right. She was a person proxima midnight security but, yeah, at the front. That's what she's <laughs> Yeah, and then she eventually gets into it. But yeah, initially she was the one that that scanned the the thing. But that was interesting too because I was happy to see more of them. I felt those characters were a bit kneecapped, except maybe except for Ebony Maw, aka Squidward, right? Because he seemed to have mm-hmm. a, a pretty malevolent role. But I feel like the other three were kind of. Eh. It was nice to see them yeah. at least make one more round, especially when Thanos is like, "Oh, I don't know if I can deal with these guys." You know, I've I've uh, the ones that he's recruited once to his side. He now has to face off against. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun beat, and like the action, I think was really cool in those moments as well. Another one where the action is like solid. Uh, also, was this the same art style? It was right. It felt different for me. I don't know what it was. If I'm just instantly was more in line with the art style, but like mm-hmm. I didn't notice it as oddly for this episode. LT, what are your thoughts on the animation style so far? Because I know it's it's been a bit of a divider for people. Really. Um, I think it's beautiful, honestly. Um, I'm not, I'm not one of those people. I, I'm not going to say that I'm incredibly familiar with anime or with, I just know how to pronounce it because I re- recently saw some people pronouncing it on YouTube, mm. um, <laughs> the correct way. Um, and 
you know, I, I watch animated things. Um, I think that this has a much different look than anything else that I've ever seen. It's all very, um, shiny and new looking, if that makes any sense. Uh, like the pixels and polygons are all where they're supposed to be. I like their, um, interpretations of the characters, uh, faces like in particular like i think that's probably the hardest thing to do is to do like an audience uh, sorry uh, an artist rendering of an actual like face but i like it and i like when the camera moves happen and there's action i think it's i think it's good and this is me like being tier one on animation so maybe people with more experience than me have reasons they don't like it yeah i would say kevin maybe your point maybe it's a color thing you know because guardians invoked a lot brighter colors obviously i think given the setting of uh captain america the first avenger like they're not exactly going to use a lot of neons we get a lot more here even down to like the purple that's used in the star lord mask with t'challa which is again Mm -hmm. another really great call out uh, to the black panther of it all so maybe it's that maybe it's because we're actually putting like more cartoony colors in a more cartoony setting and so that allows it to pop more that might be accurate too, because I really love when they were in the collector's space, like the different color pops in that, right? Like I think yeah. that worked really well, especially since it was a lot of like uh, flat color in those moments. I thought it was really interesting to see that contrast against the like cell shaded uh, 2D slash 3D um, imagery in the forefront. So I think that all worked really well, and it might be exactly that, like that, a different color palette. But also, it could just be I'm getting used to the art style, and I'm totally fine with it because. Yeah, I'm. I I was so engaged in all of it that I barely noticed any of the possible slight complaints I had in the first one. Was it just too? The first one was too dark and muted for you. Uh, for me, no. It was just. It just felt different, uh, and it wasn't like I, I had. I was against it. It wasn't even like I didn't like it. It was just like a little jarring mm-hmm. at first. But by the time the episode was going on in the first one, I got more on board with it, especially during the action. I think yeah. we were talking like. When it's just still frame uh, a lot in the first one and people were talking, it felt a little bit weird. Uh, but I didn't really feel that here at all on this one. So, yeah, it's really hard to pinpoint like what the shift was. Um, maybe it's just, yeah, Chadwick Boseman's presence, man. Just ma- just brightens everything. <laughs> he just, we were just look. I, maybe I should just speak for myself, but I was looking forward to this so much yeah. that I was just like, maybe... There's nothing about this episode that could ruin anything. No. Um, I made sure to watch it for the first time, not taking any notes or anything, because I just wanted to experience it. And I did. And, and like, I, I'm glad I get to be here now to talk about it. Um, because that's, that's the type of feeling you get that you want to share with people. That's what this cartoon episode did for me. It gave me a feeling that I want to share with other people and like, you know, be more of a participant in the world and like more giving and all of that. Like I can't go and be a participant in the larger galaxy, but you know, it's nice that T'Challa can whenever he wants. And I think what also, you know, is maybe a bit different about last week as well. We spoke about this, Kevin, right? About how it's been, you know, while Steve has been out of the picture for a while, the concept of Captain America has certainly been as present as the sh- the last show the three of us discussed the falcon and the winter soldier it's been a while since we've done get guardian stuff like yes they played a fairly large role in infinity war the vast majority of them sans rocket and nebula were snapped <laughs> uh so they didn't have that much to do in endgame but outside of that guardians 2 was what like 2016 2017 so like it's been a hot second since i think we've really hung out in that part of the universe 
And from that perspective, it was like visiting an old friend, but like maybe with with a, a different group of people. Uh, and from that perspective, yeah. let, let's talk about someone who was a new someone we've we've focused on incredibly recently. I mean, we mentioned it before, but we got to circle back to this. The big bad of the Infinity Saga is chumming it up with T'Challa and Yondu, and he's a, a Ravager. Kevin, I know you gave your thoughts previously about, about your thoughts on it, but Latanya, what was your take when you saw this universe's variant Thanos? Yeah, <laughs> variant Thanos. When I saw... uh uh why am I blanking on his name? Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Thank you. Josh Brolin's name in like the opening credits. I was like, what? We're getting Thanos? How? And then when I found out that this was the way that they were going to do it, I thought that it was really brilliant, actually, to and and very much of the comics, because you see these characters in the comics like working together with people that you wouldn't expect all of the time. And so it's good to have that here on screen. It's also cool to have the idea in mind that like the only thing that Thanos needed was a good talking to from <laughs> T'Challa and then he would have like completely changed his ways. Um, but I, I was, I thought it was great. And then I thought his fight um, scene at the end was really cool. Um, it's a lot better to have a Thanos around who just, you know, as a, a parlor joke has like <laughs> maybe random genocide. Um, than, than one who's like willing and ready to snap his fingers. I, you know, it's good to see him not going for anything else that the collector has and getting double crossed along with the rest of the group. That, that kind of thing I think is super great. And I love the detail that T'Challa is trying to get Nebula and, um, and, uh, Thanos into therapy. Yeah, which is why, I mean, listen, we've talked all the time, though, right, about how these people need mental health resources, and, like, here's T'Challa, again, continuing to be the best and encouraging it, galactically speaking. Seriously. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's, and and I, there's been a lot of discourse, Kevin, I know, about, like, like, what, what is this version of Thanos doing? Why is he acting this way? And I'll admit, to your point, like, I also had to sort of, like, this just feels like kind of like a, a throwaway joke, and I don't know how I feel about it, considering, again, like, what we just saw in the Avengers movies of like the, just the complete shadow that Thanos has cast until I realized that this episode takes place in 2008. Let's remember this is the first scene takes place in 1988. It's 20 Mm. years later. And so I think to that point, what we're realizing maybe is if this is indeed quote unquote canon, even though it's a different universe that like Thanos really got inspired to take the gauntlet and go down this entire path of you know really pursuing this idea of genocide probably before the 2012 avenger stuff happens but it seems like in the mid-aughts maybe thanos was someone that could be easily swayed to not completely go down that path so once i personally thought of that i had much less of a problem with this version of thanos considering that at this point in time he may have actually been more pliable than he was in the mcu well the counter argument Sorry. Uh, I mean, there's, I mean, look, it, it, it can, like, this is one of those things, right? I don't need to see it. Like, once they showed me, like, how it turns out here, I was okay with it. It is one of those. And again, like, that's the purpose of what ifs and else worlds. But also, like, the way it was discussed was essentially, like, think about the time period of when it maybe happened. Because Thanos became the true, true mad Titan after his place fell apart. And the way that he said that statement made it sound like Titan may have been saved. And if Titan was saved, then Thanos wouldn't have become what he became. 
So, like, timeline-wise, when the conversation happened, when the shift happened, if it happened before Titan blew itself to smithereens, basically, like, there's a possibility that, like, that could have worked, sure. Um, and again, mm-hmm. there's there's lots of ways you can nitpick to be like, like, I would have been, like, I I do, if I sit there and think about it, I do think it's a bit ridiculous. But again, why are we here otherwise, right? Like, why are we <laughs> why here are we doing here? what if, if you're not going to do something crazy it's, yeah, it's like what that? If. You've got to, yeah. like, jump on board. We're going to have like, zombies for God's sake. <laughs> There's going to be zombie Captain America. My my only counter argument to the, like, maybe his mind could have been changed, aside from, like, the Titan being saved part, which uh, actually uh, destroys my argument. But the just that, like, during that time, wasn't Thanos basically plotting to try to get all the Infinity Stones? So, like, it's not like he came overnight and just started doing stuff. Like, he sent Loki. He was the one who was, like, trying to gather up all the stones. And then later he was like, okay, I'll do it myself because people are incompetent. Um, so, like, yes, he could have had this change of heart. I do understand why there might be some people who think that, you know, given what we, like, what you said, what we just saw, this is, like, definitely a stretch. Um, but I think that it's just nice to have, in this episode, it's nice to have a, a nice Thanos. Like, it's nice to have lots of different types of friends to go along with T'Challa and, like, be part of the Ravengers because it's, like, it's possible that he was able to, like, talk this guy out of actually committing genocide and recruit him to come over to his side. That takes a massive amount of effort and, like, just diplomatic tact to do. And the fact that you know, he didn't even like finish his prince training. <laughs> like he got kidnapped and was still able to do that and like save Earth essentially. Um, fantastic. Like, yes, diplomacy. Um, that's just one more reason why T'Challa and Chadwick Boseman playing him are fantastic. And consider ripple effect, right? Because like things don't happen in a vacuum. Thanos wasn't necessarily going down the exact same path because the world around him had changed the moment T'Challa got picked up. Everything shifted. The universe around Thanos changed. Not everything would have been the same. We don't know the state of everything that was happening that would have led him to any decision that was happening at the time. Everything is different. I think that's things that people don't really consider, is that it's not just this point in time. Just because it's 2008 doesn't mean Thanos was following the exact same trajectory. That would only happen Mm -hmm. if nothing else had changed in between the time period, mm-hmm. but things did change because the Chala was there and the Ravagers were doing something different. They were altering the course of history on a cosmic scale. Planets were safe. The wealth was redistributed way before, not just Thanos. He was doing that on his own. So the world around Thanos was different, which would impact how he thinks about things. So it's difficult to just say like, oh yeah, well Thanos was just doing the same thing, so therefore that happened. And it's just like, no, everything mm-hmm. is different, guys. The whole point of what if is that one shift changes everything around you and so that means that you as a person can end up differently and i think that's really important like you have even situations in comics where everyone knows magneto like one of the most famous stories in in comics the (laughs) age of apocalypse is like charles xavier dies and that alters magneto as a person and he's a like super duper like not good guy but he is on a different side. He is a different person. You love him so much that you can barely even say that he's a murderer. Well, yeah, he's, you know, <laughs> he's what he is, but 
Uh, but you know, yeah, right the genocide's not but, random there. Yeah. And so I, I think that's, that's the thing, right? Like so much changes from one instance that that's what, what if is about. Not everything is going to stay the course and stay the same. Sometimes they do when you have like the Captain America situation, because it was a very short time frame. but other times it, we won't because 20 years passed between him being picked up. And then when we start the story. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So let's talk about another guardians character that makes uh, a big presence uh but not in the hulking presence that thanos does let's talk about some let's talk (laughs) some yondu uh because you know obviously guardians of the galaxy 2 the emotional anchor of that movie was the spoiler alert death of yondu and the subsequent relationship with peter quill which was you know mentioned briefly as kind of a conflict point in in uh you know the first volume one and here we get to see a brand new side of the father-son relationship. Again, I think it's a really nice mirroring that Volume 2 was all about sort of Yondu and Ego sparring to see who gets custody of yeah. Peter Quill. Yeah, exactly. But then the last scene of this episode, or one of the last scenes, is they're in Wakanda, and T'Challa's two dads are sitting next to each other, just being like, oh, this my is awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, so oh, great to know you. And, you know, Yondu is so gracious about it. Now, granted, you know, he is a little selfish when he admits that he misled T'Challa back in the day. He's like, no, your yeah, home your blew gone. We could use your skills. Uh, but I think focusing on that relationship and how the similarities and differences, right, to your point, Kevin, that he still is going to have that father-son relationship with the boy that he picks up because that is just Yondu. But because of the person that kid grows up into, it's going to be fundamentally different. Yeah, because it changes who parts of himself as well, right? Again, Yondu's a great example of what I was saying about the Thanos situation. Parts of Yondu is still there, but he as a person is also shifted because the person that he has as a, as a son in this reality is different from Peter Quill, has different philosophies, has different morals, has different personality. 
And that drew out other parts of Yondu that Peter Quill did not. And I think that's another key thing. That said, there's little things that don't change. The fact that clearly Yondu just wants to be a daddy on every world, which I am all for. It's great. Um, he just wants to be a papa. Yeah. You know, you have your father, but it right wasn't your daddy. Partner. Love that line. Um, it's oh lord. It's really it's really good. <laughs> like I, I I think I really like that, and I like the relationship they they had. I liked again the shift of, of the difference of now ending back up in Wakanda and he has like two dads and like how is that going to shift and change things there's so much in it that is like a galaxy of potential and story in this and again this is why I love this stuff man this is why I love like these what if worlds like again I would love to continue to see more from this world like uh as with you know Captain Carter like I'd love to continue the story um that's what I love when comics does this stuff a a lot I wish they'd do more of it um but yeah it's it's cool to see that. It's cool to see like that relationship, and obviously, great to have Michael Rooker back doing uh, doing Yondu. You know what we don't talk about enough? Yondu's arrow. Oh, so yes. like, that thing is just—I don't know how to whistle, so it would be lost on me. Mm-hmm. I just can't do it. I've tried my entire life, and I'm ruined. Mm-hmm. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but his arrow is so freaking cool, mm-hmm. like. It it can kill so many people before they even know what's happening. And we, I just think as a society, don't talk enough about Yondu's arrow. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, Hawkeye, I mean, 2021. <laughs> exactly. Like I can, I don't even need it. I don't need to, I'm, I have a hands free arrow is what I've got. Hawkeye. What do you have? I mean, listen, Craglin's got it now, right in our universe. Hopefully we see it much more in volume three, but yeah, it was so nice. to see that little guy come back, even though he got snapped. Yeah. Uh, by the collector Let, let's talk about the collector for a second because yeah i mean like you said kevin this is sort of like the uh the hitler question right like oh if you assassinated hitler then another one steps into the power vacuum we get this here a quite different performance from benicio del toro in this case uh he is jacked he is using a whole <laughs> cavalcade of weaponry uh from previous heroes and villains Latanya, what did you think about the use of the collector here as the big bad of the episode? That was an interesting shift. I I've been constantly surprised throughout Benicio del Toro's entire career by the choices that he makes, both in his projects and uh, and in like how the acting in those projects. In this case, I just think that he was just like, "This is going to be great. I'm just going to get to go in there and like pretend to be a jock and like you know." Um, and really put some oomph behind it. Like his performance, I thought was good. The, the turn to having the collector be the one who's like an actual physical threat is just funny to me. Um, I, I just, cause he's a hobbyist ultimately. <laughs> like he, he just collects things. Um, so the fact that he has all of these hidden places in his house to like, you know, get, um, weaponry, um, and likes to try out the things that he's collected is kind of cool, but also terrifying. I mean, it's the reason why the collector for me as a character has already always been terrifying because any he's he could be a serial killer, y'all. I'm telling you, anyone who keeps that many like trinkets, mm. you don't trust him. <laughs> <That's- laughs> 
You just don't. Well, that's why, again, that's why if we had Anthony Hopkins in there, right? Like, he'd be able to <laughs> chew, literally chew up and spit out the chew collector. Right Dude, we that, don't know but, Anthony Hopkins wasn't in there. He could have been in one of those containment fields. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, but that's I mean, the, it does, to LT's point, though, I think draw some fairly dark conclusions in a pretty light episode, because, right, right, he had Malekith's dagger... He had Hella's headgear, which I guess apparently yeah. her uh, Kate Blanchett's secret was the headgear the entire time. Was that yeah, was the that's one that all Cat Blanket had is that that hair? Yeah, head well, and also she, being but, a god, but yeah. But yeah, he also that had that helped. He also had Cap Shield. He also had yeah. Mjolnir. He had Korg's arm. Mm-hmm. Kevin, yeah. as much as we talk about the universe is a, a better place with T'Challa here, are did we lose several characters in this universe already? Uh, we might, we very well might have. I mean, we don't know the extent on which things occurred. We don't know whether Asgard was raised to the ground or whether or not, uh, you know, um, they were beaten and he just took those things from them. Um, so there's a lot of mystery left there. I mean, just because he has Cap shield doesn't mean that Cap died because that shield that he has is not the one that we know. So whether or not like Cap was thought and he got it or what the order of events were, we're not 100% certain. Um, that said, again, yeah, think, it leads to a lot of interesting stuff, right? It leads to a lot of questions, which I think are yeah. cool. <laughs> like, a lot of questions. Like, does he have Chadwick Boseman's Oscar? <laughs> um, <laughs> like, all kinds Definitely of that's one of them before. that's in, in those containment fields. <laughs> it, it, could, it could be a thing, though, like, from Thor Ragnarok again to invoke Hela, right? When she's walking through the Asgardian vault and she points to the Infinity Gauntlet and is like, fake! Like, maybe that's the <laughs> thing, know, is, exactly. is that it's like a, a counterfeit shield. You know, or like a, a, mo- a Beta Ray Bill's Molnir, you know, because he actually exists in this universe and not in the MCU. Oh, right. That's a thing that happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh my goodness. Comics are amazing. They're great. <laughs> but, but it wasn't that one moment like, oh, this is fun. But also, what does this mean? So, yeah. I mean, it means, a, it means that some shit went down. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, um, that we didn't get to see. To that point that Kevin made, let's talk about this last scene. Because we certainly got the T'Challa side of the equation as Peter Quill, and we did not get the Peter Quill side of the equation until that very last scene, where, again, I think the entire onus of the episode was kind of like, come and get your love, in a manner of speaking, right? Like, oh, this is fun. We're having a good time. We're pulling heists. Nebula's got hair for days now. Oh, but also, Ego's going to go drop in on Peter Quill working at the DQ. And as, you know, Watu says, basically... Uh, the universe is going to get destroyed in another story. Kevin, do you think we know that Captain Carter is going to be coming back? Do you think, if not in season two, at some point they revisit this story? Or do you think that sort of is is just like a little tweak at the end? I think it's a tweak at the end because it's now going to be hard to do the story without Chadwick Boseman, right? Like it's it's going to be hard to continue this tale in that way. So I, I, I don't think we're going to get more. But that's also the joy of like, the want and the, the the pain of what if is that we don't get a lot more like that happens all the time. There's one that like is about the X-Men where Xavier like revealed that he was faked his own death and Cyclops got pissed about it. And Cyclops joins like the ending is that Magneto comes and offers his hand to Cyclops and Cyclops is like, yeah, I'm going to join the Brotherhood of Mutants. And like, that's where it ends. And you're left with like, but what does this mean? And it's like, well, we won't ever find out. So I'm OK with that because I'm used to it. But I, I, I can understand the, the, the thrill of wanting to revisit. I just think. You, we can't do that with all of them. We can't just revisit all of them because then it's just an anthology of continuing series and it sort of defeats the purpose of getting more glimpses and more variations, um, which, mm. you know, is a tragedy. Mm. But uh, 
I feel like maybe I would feel differently if it was like a comic and like how it, it's approached that way. But I think for the show and what it's trying to be, I, I don't think we revisit not just because of the Chadwick Boseman part, but also because like I think it defeats the purpose almost of, of some of this. You don't think there's going to be any uh, other episodes where it's Captain Carter and like that's well, what they know. They've confirmed that it is Captain Carter. Even right? though like T'Challa, sorry, even though like obviously it seems like this is the last T'Challa story other than whatever happens with um, Wakanda Forever. It's I kind of just hope that they maybe don't or at least just sparingly use any type of audio that they have from him because yeah. there is something to be said about like you know wrenching too much um from this like man's death like you know this there's only they need to be very respectful about it so i i know i'm sure that the people who are involved um, who knew like Chadwick Boseman and were devastated by his loss, um, more so than the rest of us are handling all of that stuff with care. Um, that's just my hope, but I do think it's possible that other characters like, uh, Captain Carter could show up down the line in one of the, in one of the other cartoons or maybe well, like in the, the season finale. They've confirmed Captain Carter is something they are going to continue, which is why for and me yeah. it feels less every, likely every they're going to do more yeah. of them. Nice, which yeah. explains to so me that's, like that's why we didn't get that much, right? Like that's why we didn't get that yeah. much of the Captain Carter universe because they're they probably plan for more. We get a lot in this. We get oh, a lot okay. in this one about like what the universe is like on a whole. So I think for me, like again, as much as I would like to continue it, I don't. Part of me doesn't think they should. We got a lot. We got some great stuff. Um, and, you know, again, like, save room for, like, some other crazy shit that they're going to do. <laughs> yeah, well, let's tease in some feedback here from uh, the listeners at Post Show Recaps. Of course, if you want to send in your thoughts about it, we record every Thursday night, super at postshowrecaps.com. And on that point, Kevin, this is from Josh Lehmer, because suffice it to say, lots of conversation around, like, okay, so are we, even without T'Challa, are we going to explore this side of things, of what does Dairy Queen employee Peter Quill look like? Uh, Josh is in your camp, Kevin. Josh says the part at the end with Peter slash Ego was not a tease to set up a later episode. The Watcher says that it leads to the destruction of the universe. I thought the implication is that, mm-hmm. quote, as cool as all this T'Challa stuff is, it also allows Ego to take advantage of hapless non-Guardian fast food employee Peter and accomplish the universe domination plot he set out in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And I agree. I, I think it is a bit more of just like a to end it more so than a Okay, now we're going to see what happens, because what are we going to see? We're just going to see Ego carry out what he wanted to do in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And it, mm-hmm. it's, it's a fun thing to end on, like a little bittersweet, right? That we had this good time, but it's all going to be not for naught, but like coming to an end very soon because Ego's about to destroy the universe. Uh, and I think I personally think it's it was nothing more than that, unless there is rapid acclaim from them to do it i could see depending on how far along they are in production for season two if they're like yeah we could try this it seems like people want to see it so let's try it out and see what happens i mean i think mm-hmm. the danger of doing stuff like this and this is why i don't think they should is that you run you run into problems because it's like if you continue the storyline you do the ego stuff the immediate question is because they again if they're smart they don't use chadwick boseman because i think respect area right so what's the story going to tell that where one of the most quintessential, biggest and brightest stars and heroes in the galaxy doesn't show up for this fight? 
where the F was he? The other alternative is what? You cast, um, you know, um, Aaron Taylor Johnson in this role. That's why he wasn't in WandaVision. <laughs> oh, weird. So Chadwick Boseman got Aaron Taylor Johnson. How odd. Like, you know, that's when you lead to that territory. And it's just like, don't, don't do that. So there's, there's a lot of reasons, I think, not to continue this and not to do that. Cause it just, it just makes things complicated when you have to explore this, that, that story in this world. T'Challa is such a big part of this universe that if you continue the story and don't have him, it doesn't make sense anymore. So mm-hmm. that's sort of like the capper here for that one. I mean, bring back Aaron Taylor Johnson, but just not for this specific thing. No, you know what I we mean, need? We need we need a what if Hawkeye did like die. Friday Great, would love it. Please give it to me. <laughs> yeah. No, I think Why we, we need a what if of like Friday Night Lights of like let's get you know everyone in. What if they all played a football game and Aaron Taylor Johnson can really show up and like really show out in that regard? That show completely ruined like all. Um, all possible thoughts that I have had of boundaries when I was in my twenties, because it basically my friends and I would just go around and go, we're going to pull a Riggins <laughs> and um, just stop by people's houses. Cause that's all they did in that show. No one ever called no. ahead. They just all like just drove just up, drove over to someone's mm-hmm. house. And I was like, Hey, what's up? And so we pulled a lot of Riggins. I guess in small towns like <laughs> that, like you could just do it because you live close enough. So you're just like, Oh, they're not here. I guess we'll go back home. You're like, Oh, all right. Yeah. No, otherwise you're, th- you're Thanos. And as the time is pointing out, you're like, all right, time to start out three years later. I'm here. They're <laughs> not here. Damn it. All right. Yeah. Turn it around. Yeah. I guess I'll hang out in the area. Uh, so here's a question that Jared asks. Where is Gamora? Who is Gamora? Why is Gamora? Gamora? But in all seriousness, where was she with so much of the Thanos Nebula relationship here? I'm very surprised that we never saw Gamora. So suffice it to say, Latanya, uh, with, you know, Peter Quill not here, the Guardians do not come together in the way that they do. But given the Thanos and Nebula of it all, were you surprised to not see some form of Gamora here? Well... Would this have been after he destroyed Gamora's home planet? Yeah, that's the question, right? Because she was a little girl, right, when he came to her planet and took her. The question is, like, is she the same age as T'Challa? Because if so, then that would have happened unless, to Kevin's point, like, something else in the universe happened. Maybe it didn't occur, and therefore he never had occasion to, like, take one child from, a you know, a planetary destruction exactly you also have um, situations where it's just like she's an alien what is her alien species is aging like comparative yeah. right we don't we don't know we have no clue so like there's no maybe reasons. he didn't get her at all yeah is is my my and, thing i i think that it's possible he didn't get her at all or you know he like gave her the like the freedom to leave yeah. <laughs> once mm-hmm. he was changed and transformed by whatever it was that T'Challa said to him to stop him from trying to commit genocide. Exactly. And we know Nebula um, has way more daddy issues than Gamora did with it. So like Nebula would have stuck around and Gamora <laughs> had been like, I'm leaving. And then she'd left. So like there's a ton of reasons why yeah. Gamora wouldn't be there. Gamora's in grad school. Yeah, exactly. Gamora went no, to school. Now exactly. she had the chance. Yeah. No, Ga- Gamora went Gamora went to Starfleet. That's what she did. The way you were describing it before, of- Kevin, with like the way the universe is, was like, wait, is T'Challa creating proto Starfleet here with like socialist, communist, God, equitable I universe? He may that, have. So okay, good. that's two socialists for this podcast. <laughs> we can only have three. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, speaking of politics, Brian pointed out a really interesting point that uh, both versions of of Star Lord, T'Challa and Peter Quill, fly a similar ship. But if you remember, Peter Quill called his the Milano after Alyssa Milano. Mm-hmm. T'Challa's mm-hmm. version is called the Mandela. Oh, or was it? I love. Or that. was it just a Mandela? <laughs> I don't remember and we it. Don't being know that which way. one it is. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was not. It was Baron Stain Bears. It, like, it was. <laughs> I swear to God, Sinbad was piloting the ship. <laughs> like my goodness, I am not like every. They're just making that up. They're making that up. They are gaslighting an entire world with that lie. <laughs> let, let me anyway. <laughs> let me throw in a question. Speaking, going back to the Gamora of it all, Kevin, is there a chance that we see any of the other Guardians show up in a future installment? of what if or do you think they're going to avoid like rocket Groot whatsoever with the stories we're doing here oh i definitely think it's a possibility we'll see them it depends on the nexus point right it depends on the shift they want to do and the change they want to do so i definitely think it's possible that the uh that guardians can show up depending on like what's happening if they do a nexus event around infinity war like why not why wouldn't they be there um you know i think that there's a lot of interesting stuff there for example, I don't know if they're going to do this, but an interesting one, like, what if the other half got snapped in Thanos's, mm. you know, snap, right? Mm. Like, we saw what happened. Like, who's left? Exactly. All of a sudden, you're left with a completely different people uh, to, to take care of uh, Endgame. So, like, how does that affect things? What happens then? Uh, so, I think in these situations, depending on how far and how big they want to go, there's lots of possibilities to do stuff. All right, let's finish things off with uh, the way we started it, with, of course, sending off Chadwick Boseman and T'Challa. This is from Jared, just sort of echoing the thoughts that we had before, but I wanted to bring it home with this point. This felt like the perfect dedication to both T'Challa and Chadwick Boseman. I really couldn't ask for anything more. Just seeing his good-hearted nature and how he's positively affected the galaxy in so many ways. And it's not just because Peter Quill sucks but also because he's not bottled into Wakanda. They just did him so right, and even if it's only one episode of an animated anthology show, I'm glad that this is the way we get to send him off. Uh, LT, Kevin, any other thoughts to add on to that? That was really well written, and I appreciate that comment. I have... My podcast journey um, has included a lot about Chadwick Boseman and his unfortunate and untimely passing. And so I'd feel very connected uh, because of that to just everything Black Panther and everything that uh, Chadwick Boseman has done. I was very worried about how this um, series was going to work, like what, what they'd actually end up doing with the final product. And I was so pleasantly surprised at how just like beautiful of a character piece this was for T'Challa and how just like powerful he was able to be by just being himself and speaking, you know, truth. And that was Chadwick Boseman to me. Uh, He just radiated a light. Um, and it could, that could be seen from, you know, far away galaxies. And in the same way that, um, that, uh, T'Challa was eventually returned to his father and, uh, um, able to like see his family again, 
I just hope that wherever Chadwick is, he is uh, looking down, maybe like the Watcher, and um, knowing that his legacy is going to be one of legend. Mm-hmm. Kevin, anything you want to add to that? I mean, I think Latanya said it all really well, right? Like, whether in this plane or the next, like, uh, I'm sure he's doing great things. Um, and so uh, that dedication to at the end definitely hit me. Like when that came up on screen, oh, yeah. I knew yeah. it was coming. Like, you know that they're going to say something. And it showed up and I'm just like, oh, yeah. why? <laughs> you don't want it to be true. Like even it, 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 he feels alive. It's like a gift to have this because it's really hard to watch Black Panther. It really is. I love that movie so much, but I can't watch it anymore. Um, for now, I, you know, that's a thing that people deal with when like grief happens. Um, I'm sure I'll watch it someday because I have a nephew who is a black man and I want him to see it. Um, but I haven't been able to watch it like since I did the podcast about it. So it's just wonderful to have like this little slice of happy life, um, that he recorded near the end of his own that we get to keep and like in the words that they that uh, T'Challa said no treasure is worth the good that can be done from it and you know I just sincerely believe that and yeah just so good just such a great like a high point to send him out on um, it's just amazing yeah, and a high point to continue the series on as well we are only at episode 2 and look I cannot imagine any episode is going to be as emotionally impactful on a meta level uh, from now on, just due to the circumstances around this. But I have to say that I think any minor fears I had about this show were assuaged in this second episode. I think mm-hmm. it, it went where I wanted it to go in just a completely ridiculous, weird direction. And I am fully, fully ready to embrace it. And Kevin, you will continue to embrace it uh, as you and Josh move forward. Josh is going to get picked back up uh, after his staycation in Wakanda. He will be continuing forward, uh, swapping out. Wolf too. Yeah, exactly. LT and I are going to be dropped off somewhere and go drinking with with Drax. Uh, But this Mm -hmm. has been a lot of fun getting to cover this. And I'm really, really pumped to see where the series goes because they they did something very grounded and small. They did something quite literally galactic and big. I'm imagining everything else is going to be somewhere in between, but it's going to be very, very exciting to watch. Yeah, I'm really excited to figure out, find out what they do, do next, right? Because they, they don't give the preview. And I think they officially revealed that this one was going to be the second one only a few days before the premiere. So I'm always going to be excited now to be like, I normally don't like spoilers, but part of me is just like, what is it? What is it going to be? Is it the zombies one now? Like, yeah. who, who is it? Captain Marvel? What's happening? You're like, when do we get to the zombies? Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> anyway, the zombies is the one that, it's gonna be a good that one. I make both excited and fearful of, just because Marvel zombies Much are like so Much like zombies insane. themselves. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I'm really interested to see more what if stuff and like what they're going to do. And I hope this actually spawns Marvel to do some more what if series. Uh, it's been a minute, although I haven't followed Marvel enough these days because they always do like something tied to like something you know big events and stuff like that so they'll do a what if on something i'm like when did that even happen in the marvel universe (laughs) well did you hear this is slightly marvel adjacent but did you hear about star wars visions this past week there's a star wars visions now they 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 did marvel wait marvel legends who knows no so star wars visions it's not exactly a star wars take on what if 
But uh, speaking of anime, I oh, think as, as LT would put I have it, heard of this. <laughs> yes, it's a new, it's a newly anime. announced Disney Plus series. It's going to be, uh, a t- I think it's a ten episode anthology series uh, where each episode is going to take on a bit of a, a different animated style. I don't know if it's going to be so what ify and like exploring, you know, different universes, but I would imagine it's certainly different takes on the universe. So at least. If not informing other what if projects, it's at least you know uh, informing. I think other big franchises under the mouse to maybe explore mm-hmm. this type of idea because you have so much fertile ground. You have decades upon decades of canon. Have some fun in the sandbox, and I think maybe the reception to what if is hopefully pushing them to do that more. I mean, my greatest joy is multiverse stories happening more. So let's hope. <laughs> What if yeah, Star Wars nerds weren't cool. assholes? Let's let's see that one, shall we? <laughs> oh yeah, no, no screw T'Challa. That's the best universe right there. Oh my god, this is why we didn't do the final three movies. <laughs> this right here. Well, speaking of uh, online fandom and social media, let's talk about some plugs here. Of course, Latanya, so great to have you on the mic as always. Thank you. Let us know how to follow great you on social here. media because I know. You have actually, Latanya Starks, been dipping your toes into some reality TV podcasting, believe oh, it or not, the past couple weeks. I have, everybody. I've been converted. Um, like I am I'm not just a part of the cult anymore that watches scripted. I'm a I've like gone up a level of enlightenment and now I get to be a part of the cult that watches reality TV. So um yeah, Mari Forth, it's her fault. <laughs> I and Chappelle like has a hand in it too. They're always like, Oh, you have to watch these shows or because we're watching these shows or you'll be left out. And I'm like, Oh, I hate being left out. So I started watching, <laughs> I started watching Big Brother and did uh, a live podcast with them over at Silent Podcast. Check those guys out if you haven't had a chance to already. They were great. Um, and shout outs to Isaiah for like being the first person to ask me my actual opinions about things on Big Brother. Um, and then, um, I did a podcast that dropped today. So Thursday uh, about the first episode of, of Bachelor in Paradise. I can't even say the Without names laughing. of these shows with a straight face. Um, and that was with, uh, that was very like exciting and fun to do. So yeah, who knows? There might be more. There's definitely tweets. I'm going to be tweeting about big brother. The second I'm done watching or doing this podcast, watching this podcast. Um, and yeah, there's definitely tweets. Um, there's maybe some more pop culture podcasting about, you know, the zeitgeist of <laughs> that is reality television um and i'm happy to be a part of yes. it yes so you can yeah you can find me at lk starks where i'll be talking about now just all of the things um apparently <laughs> i i i can i'm very versatile i have an opinion <laughs> on all of the things welcome to the fold we are so happy to have you aboard this like fun but depraved ship that we are steering this like junker <laughs> Through Mike the cosmos of reality TV ship, fandom. Really. I, I hope it's a spaceship because I don't know how to swim. And as my grandmother would say, I can't drink all that water. 
don't really want to be on a ship, ship. All right, well, but a spaceship would be cool. Yeah, I mean, listen, this this episode just always gets me pumped for any space time activity. Kevin, what do you have going on out there in the podcast space? Um, well, in the podcast space specifically, obviously, in the continuing on the ship of the everything is super. Along with that, though, for post show recap patrons. Uh, which you can become by going to patreon.com slash post show recap. We have a wonderful show hosted by myself and Melissa Woodward called YA, in which we cover young adult fiction adaptations. Uh, we started things off with the Twilight franchise, which made a lot of people confused, but that has wrapped. It honestly was such a blast and so fun. And even if you don't like Twilight, I just encourage you listening to it. It was, it was just really fun coverage. Um, but better news this week, we are doing one more Stephanie Meyer thing because, uh, as part of a charity event that was done on part of the discord where we had a 40 hour D and D session, um, we raised money for charity. <laughs> and one of the incentives was doing this, which is covering the host, the other Stephanie Meyer project. So, uh, we'll be doing that. But then right after that, uh, we are heading into the hunger games. So really excited to uh, cover those uh, books and films uh, with Melissa. Uh, I'm actually re-listening to the books right now to prep myself. It's been a while, so it's been really fun doing that. And I'm really excited to dive into the movies. So um, you can check that out for sure. Uh, other than that, you can follow me at Kev Mahadeo. Um, and that's, that's I guess that's, that's, uh, that's really it for me right now at the moment. <laughs> Are you guys going to cover the like the new President Snow centric sequel slash oh, prequel that right. came out? No, we're not, and, and I'll tell you why. Because I haven't <laughs> read it, and I don't want to read it because of all the characters that they could have given me a backstory of. He is one of the ones that I do not want. Are they re-listening to these books? We get it. It's like we get I, it. We we pretty we, much figure we, out we, how we a know, guy like him exists. We know what he stands for. Okay, but like it's just. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to know that. There's so much ground also in those books that I do want to know. Like, so many other characters, I'm like, yeah, give me that backstory. Heck, give me a prequel that's just Phoenix Hunger Games. I'll read the hell out of that. Like, that guy's awesome. But, you know... Write a book about Rue, I dare you. <laughs> like... <laughs> I, I dare you do that it feels like that feels like <laughs> also right. like twilight territory it's like what is it the short and tragic life of brie or whatever the hell it was like you're heading yeah, into that territory exactly. <laughs> but i would i would like to know yeah. that make it make I, a novella out of it was my rue <laughs> well you can always follow me at a mike bloom type of course josh regler and i are going down the hatch almost done with season five uh we just put out a penultimate episode recap of follow the leader before we get into the big in that is the incident coming up next week of course on the bloom files covering the x-files season six and then over on the reality tv side of things of course i'm i'm uh, humming along much like lt is from a big brother perspective i'm doing weekly exit press as well as the intermittent uh you know uh big brother b&b's with liana boris and getting heavy into survivor as of late uh survivor south africa has been going strong had at the time of recording this, an incredibly dramatic episode that will be a lot of fun to talk about. And I actually joined Shannon Gus on the Australian Survivor recap this week, which was just real effed up and full of twists. And we had a nice cathartic time venting about it. So if you're a fan of reality TV, you want to see what LT and I are doing and be sure to check that out. And of course, you can follow me at a Mike Bloom type. 
Before we take off to parts unknown, let me thank our sponsor for this episode of Everything is Super, our friends over at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Now, Kevin put on a nice plug for, of course, the patrons of Post Show Recaps. If you have the means to do so, we would love to have you aboard. We would love to abduct you into our little uh, spaceship of fools and have you along for the ride. Patreon, patreon.com slash post show recaps or post show recaps.com slash patron. You can join at the $5 level, get access to the pot YA, the podcast that Kevin is doing as well as some intermittent coverage from, from here and there. I believe there was an outer banks podcast that just got released this past week. What? Uh, post show recaps theater as well. At the $10 level, you get access to the discord, which is just a real gem of a place it really is a treasure trove of just people of things of concepts of games of 40 hour D streams it is very fun and if you're a fan of everything is super and the mcu we do plenty of talking in there as soon as the episode drops a lot of the feedback that you we read on the shows uh come from the patrons of post show recap so if you have the means to do so it's my birthday you're already listening as a <laughs> gift but get me another gift and become a patron of post show recaps uh, I would be incredibly happy about that. I would be whistling a happy tune alongside my arrow if that happened. Uh, and of course, if you have feedback to send along in general, you know how to do it. Super at postshowrecaps.com. Plus, everything going on with the Twitter at Kev Mahadeo, at Round Howard with Josh at postshowrecaps. Uh, these usually record Thursday nights with the episodes coming out on Wednesday. So get your feedback in as soon as you watch the episode and... Uh, We'll keep enjoying what is to come. So that's going to do it for this week. Yes, Kevin. Uh, sorry, I just wanted to say, because uh, it's your birthday, I'm just picturing your head right now. We're just pressing a button and Jeff Goldblum is popping up and you just hear like, it's your birthday. It's from Guardians of the, or Thor Ragnarok. That's what I want <laughs> yes, you to picture. Uh, listen, I would here. love nothing more than the Grandmaster to come out here. A little bit of like a, a, a Grandmaster-ass finish, though, for the collector, right? Where like everyone turns on yeah. him. All we need is Benicio yeah. Del Toro being like, well, it's a tie. It's and then the episode yeah. ends. Well, they are brothers. Yeah. So it makes sense that they're both equally insufferable. <laughs> In the best that. way oh, possible. Karma. <laughs> great. It's great. It's great. Well, I am excited to hopefully uh, get uncaged and uh, check out the rest of what this series has to offer. Thank you so much, Kevin, for having me aboard these past two weeks. LT, so great having you on, as per usual. Next week, Josh and Kevin will be back to continue the coverage of what if with episode three thank you all so much for listening and much like the episode this podcast is dedicated to our friend our inspiration and our hero chadwick boseman take care everybody bye-bye Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.